face may be bigger. I don't know. Something to... Jace, it's been a long time. How you feel, bud? Oh, it hasn't been a long time at all. It's been uh, it's been a couple days. I feel good. Did you uh, have a chance? I know I only posted it last night. Uh, did you have the chance to listen to yourself talk to a doctor? No, I don't listen to the show. You know that. I did. I just wanted to check on this particular uh, episode. This was a little bit of a different episode. We have you. Got... Uh, yeah, you, you sounded you sounded very excited. I was in the I re-listen. Was... You were I... definitely thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> you were definitely thrilled, and and you highlighted it yourself a few times to where you said, "I can't tell you how excited I am." <laughs> Yeah, no, that was legitimate excitement too. That wasn't just that wasn't um, that wasn't Hollywood excitement, listeners. That was. You no, know, as somebody who got to witness it firsthand, you were you were genuinely thrilled. I would say that that was that was uh, authentic, if you will. I don't know why. I don't. I can't explain why that is so interesting to me. And I thought about this last night. I'm like, maybe I should have been a doctor. Like as much as I enjoy that stuff, maybe I should have done this for a living. You know. What it is, I think, so like anytime I go to the doctor, if you let me sit there long enough, I'm probably going to ask some questions, but it's just not appropriate. Right. You, I don't know about your doctor settings, but I always feel like they're in a hurry. Of course. And I get it. It's not like you go there and don't see anybody else in the waiting room. Sometimes you go, you see like 20 people in the waiting room. They got stuff to do. Right. You're, it's not, you know, an emerging situation. You're not figuring out if you have cancer or something but i you know i tend to want to ask questions one time i have been like just i have been on to figure out if somebody has cancer and that person gave us like 45 minutes and like the most thorough explanation and talked to us forever and and asked us if we had any questions everything turned out fine and the way he i think the way he ranked it was like on a spectrum of like so if we're talking about if you have cancer likelihood workup cancer i would rate you on like a two out of ten one out of ten i think you're fine i don't see anything that wow. is cancerous activity to me but it's it was a scary conversation but like i said he took like 30 40 minutes i feel like i have also uh i have also been to a um oncologist yes i've been to an oncologist because i had a i went the last time i had a physical i've not gone back since because i'm like fuck this i'm not doing this again it was the worst probably it was the worst few months of my life truly and i went and had a physical and had some blood work done and it came back strange like i had this high level of protein in my blood um never like it when the when the protein levels are off right or we can't or something that'll trigger that's like we can't tell if you're a carrier or exactly. if, if you're just a carrier or if you've actually got this disease. Right. Exactly. So it never so fun. Not, not fun at all. Uh, and I went to an oncologist and, and a, well, I went to a million doctors and I was Googling. I was having like an existential existential crisis. Existential. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a little early there. The voice. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Up. Um, so. That was rough, but I did finally go to an oncologist, and it was by far the best doctor I saw. I think that there's something about the oncologist where they understand, they appreciate the situation that their patients are in, and they take the time, and they tend to be thorough and thoughtful. He was amazing. He's like, 
look, you don't have cancer. Everything's yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. And I, I saw him twice. He did do a, a testicle uh, uh, exam on me. He did examine the testicles. The testicles were not involved in the cancer either, but he's like, we need to check just in case. Now that's, to me, that's either incredibly thorough or he's a molester. <laughs> let, let me ask you real quick. Okay. Because, so like... and. Whatever, I'm fine. I've been to the doctor enough times and had a physical where, like, when it comes to that part of the situation, whatever, let's let's mm-hmm. do it. But, like, were you prepared or did he just be like, and, you know, we need to cross all of our T's and dot all of our I's here. So let's uh, let's head south with the trousers real quick. I was not prepared um, either time. He did it twice over the course of, like, three years because uh, I went back or two years maybe. But uh, the first time – so the, the initial th- – thought or worry was that I had this um, blood cancer, um, uh, multiple myeloma is the one that okay. you, you get yeah, yeah, when yeah. you have the protein. So they're like, yeah, this looks weird. Something's going on here. You've got this thing uh, that, that is a potential marker. You need to go get this checked out. Serious. So I go into his office and we sit down. He's like, yeah, I'm looking at your stuff. I, I want to do some more blood tests, but it's not very high. I don't, I don't, I think it's fine. However, I do want to just, do a little exam because sometimes these high levels of protein indicate you might have some testicular mm. testicular cancer issues. So now we're looking for lumps. Now they're now they're exploring for lumps. And so he he's like, pull them down. And uh oh my god, you just reminded me. Check this out. That first time that he said pull them down, it's of course awkward. Horrible underwear situation. No, underwear was fine. I'm always a boxer okay. brief guy. Keep it keep it pretty tight there. Um, so you know what? I think that's a stage of growing up. Is having good to me, and maybe there, I'm, I'm a, I know a lot of men are different, but to me, I don't. As soon as I start to see the underwear are giving, like, what are we holding on here? Just hop on the phone, order another pack, get them into the rotation, trash your old ones. Just yes. just do it. They, Absolutely. There's just no reason to be having the ones that are like falling apart. So they start to ride up on one leg or they've got holes in your care undercarriage there. Mm-hmm. And just like throw them away. Just yeah. Throw them away, order, get some new ones in the rotation. To me, that's a sign of growing up. It's a sign of wealth too. I think you get to a certain financial. Oh, you're situation. definitely loaded to yeah. where you're now. You're like underwear. I'm not worried about this. Like, right. what am I not going to put gas in my car? If I got to put gas in my car. I mean, do think about how you felt during college, though. You would have said, I cannot throw this pair of usable underwear in the trash. I can't. Oh, no. They've got to be fully separated, like, into separate pieces. There's no adjoining bridge anymore. You know what I mean? Like, to where it's like a skirt. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be an (laughs) underwear skirt before you let it go. I had some underwear skirts. I I eventually ended up with underwear skirts. Yeah. Uh, like you've got a full blown be able to feel a breeze through your underwear <laughs> before you're like, okay, it's time to retire these. Right, absolutely. Um, so that would have been outrageous to think about in my 20s. But yes, now if 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 I see if I see a a big enough hole, I'm out. I'm out. It's they're gone. They're in the trash yeah, can. They're, you need to. You go in. By the way, you go in bathroom trash can, or you going straight to the the green tub outside? What are you doing? It you depends. Most of the time, I'm probably going main house trash can. Like kitchen trash can. 
Yeah, but ours is kind of in. I mean, it's it definitely in the kitchen area, but it's not like I'm walking by food with my underwear. Okay. Interesting. I I, th- I think I'm going bathroom trash can on that. I, I, I'm not saying I haven't done bathroom trash can where you just you take the exam right there. You notice these aren't going to make it. Boom, right, right there, there. Bathroom yeah. trash can. Our bathroom trash can has a. Um, I'm trying to think of how to put this. You know, like when an apartment you go into an apartment and you're like. Uh, What's the occupancy rate? Yeah, right? it's low. No, our bathroom trash can, for some reason, always has a high occupancy rate. Oh, it's it's. I see what you're saying. So it, it has a, it probably, like mine, has a low capacity, but is filled yeah. to the brim at all times. Yes, absolutely. It's just like you you empty it, and two seconds later, something happened. And, and by the way, it's never my stuff, ever. It's never my situation in, in that bathroom trash can. Equal opportunity over here, so it's always equitable. Yeah, not not always this. always equitable. We've derailed here long shot long yeah, ways away. You you said it was my fault. It, you said and check this out. What happened at the oncologist that that threw you? Yeah, so so I pulled down the pants and I'm very uncomfortable. And I can even tell the doctor is like can sense that his patients are. It, it's he he i think he was so empathetic that he i could feel his also his awkwardness a little bit not mm-hmm. that he's awkward doing it but he's like i feel for you i understand yeah this yeah is weird for yeah you. totally so he kind of he he's like hey pull down your pants he goes and sits down on his little rolly chair and he slides right over right up next to the to the boys and uh kind of does the mr miyagi with his hands getting them oh, that's, that's sweet no he didn't do that but that, that would be funny if he did that <laughs> but then right as he's about to reach for for the the golden nuggets there's a knock on the door and it's it's yeah i know it's one of the nurses hey doctor doctor so-and-so uh just wanted to see if you need some help in there or if i can assist he's like nope nope we're she actually starts to open the door and he's like nope nope we got it we're good thank you so you know on the door they have those little plastic things on the outside there there should be uh like a ball exam flag ball yeah yeah like a like a sock on the door type situation i know i know i think most of these places now i don't know when this happened to you but i think most of these places now have to ask you do you want somebody in here well to to like supervise to 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 watch watch them touch the the the... but like as a as a as a chaperone if you will i can't think of what the word is but like as a as a protection for you, do you want a third party in here to make sure that doctor is being appropriate? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I believe. Hmm. I, I might not have that option. I will absolutely would have asked somebody else to come in. And- <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to be awkward, let's kick it all the way up to 10 here. Yeah. I want someone to watch. Yeah. Um, call the whole residency group in here. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's get a show going. I will tell you this. Uh, I don't. I don't want to make this like all medicine podcast again. But since we're talking about awkward medical situations, I don't think I've even mentioned this on the podcast. Um, but I had a kidney stone at one point, like five years ago. You had one removed, yeah, and yeah, they went yeah. in through the front door, and you, the, yeah. The, I think you and I may have talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not. But uh, yeah, they go in through the we front did door briefly, but we didn't ever talk about. We Ryland, I think here recently, it might have been recent. Ryland was asking you if you're clipped, right? And they right. asked you when you were getting the surgery. While we're while we're down there, do you want to just go ahead and get clipped? Yeah, and, and crazy enough, again, this was this was as they're like 
I'm in the emergency room. I'm laying there on, or not the emergency room, but the surgery room. I'm laying there, and he is like getting the IVs in, and they're like, I'm in the robe, and he's like, Hey, we're about to put you to sleep, and I go. Yeah, you want to, uh, you know, just snip when you're down there as a joke, a stupid joke, like I'm uncomfortable and awkward. So he's like, yeah, we can do that. Do you want to do that? I'm like, what? You can't just like throw that this, on me right this now. This isn't like a car wash add-on. We're not exactly. asking for the for the scent on the inside here. We're not, you want the wheel shine with this. You he don't just ready to do it. You don't just hit somebody with that out of the blue. I feel like that was not a, a good thing to do as a doctor, I think. I don't know. I, I tend to agree with you. I think you need to mentally prepare, even if you know right. that you're not, like, the family planning stage of life coincides with this, and you know that we don't plan on having more. I think it's still a mental undertaking that that you need to sit with for a moment. Agreed. It's a big uh, we're only 15 minutes into the show. You think we should hit an intro? Yeah, hit the intro while I eat this burrito. Human dad's 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 Get up off your ass. Human dad's Podcast. Human dad's Podcast. Human dad's Podcast. Human dad's Get up off your ass. Oh, your mom. 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 Get up off your ass for the Human Dads Podcast. Welcome into another bang-up episode of Human Dads. You're now 14 minutes into the show and you've heard the intro. Obviously, we had some really lively, just unstoppable momentum at the first of the show, or we would have given you the intro earlier. Uh, It's Saturday. This was kind of a a last-minute thrown together episode wasn't real hard commitments all the way around but we made it work and there's only two of us so hopefully you'll be able to uh hopefully you'll be able to handle that but if you're this far in you clearly know what that sounds like because uh like i said it's uh typically we try to get that in in the first four minutes but coming up on 15 minutes you know one of the questions i wanted to ask the doctor that we had on dr chuck perry Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask him and Pardon Jason as he eats a burrito. Uh, what? The, what a whole, what, why, why would do you, you do that to me? We we are friends. <laughs> we are podcast partners. No one would have had any clue. Here's here's my question. Why do you keep looking right in the camera, right into my eyes, as you f- shove the whole <laughs> diameter of that burrito in your mouth? <laughs> I want you to see my capabilities. I want you to see what I can, what I can do. Why are you making eye contact as you unhinge your you, jaw? I never look at that camera, so that's a lie. You tell everybody that's a lie. When you when you're getting examined by the oncologist, and because I'm assuming that's so, when you go for to get a physical, mm-hmm. that they're just checking for a hernia, so they tell you to cough, and they're looking for like a right. jump or like a, a a feeling response, right? But they're not like examining, so this is much more thorough of a of a, a genital situation. Where do you, where do you look? 
Oh, that's a that's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you look? Are you looking down at him? Like, hey, what's what do we No I mean, and then obviously he doesn't just keep it to the suitcase and the the contents there within starts to probably get up under the undercarriage and you start red flags start going off i'm assuming like the alarms are like whoa whoa this is it's not my birthday you know i don't i wouldn't know where to go with my eyes you well i what i do and i can tell you very clearly because i remember as i stared off at like a uh um like a, a sign on the wall like a little poster for for uh you know whatever uh penile cancer whatever was on the wall i stared at that and i just stared and i and it was off to the side so i was looking just there was one of those 1985 yeah uh it it had like the uh it it showed like the inside view of a pregnancy so you could see like Mm -hmm. a fetus and it's like a don't smoke while pregnant sign that you just keep reading over and over again dude it's dead but it's dead eye like i'm looking through it i'm looking eight how i'm eight eight buildings (laughs) 17 miles down the road yeah i (laughs) am it's what it's i wanted to ask the doctor and I forgot because we got to going. I wanted Chuck. to ask him. Yeah, Chuck. I wanted to ask him how he feels his bedside manner is. Because it is such a crapshoot with the uh, doctors and the bedside manner. I was at the uh, ER on Thanksgiving. And I don't know that I shared this part. But it struck me that the... I believe she was a PA. I don't know if she was doctor, but I believe she was a PA as she's fixing my thumb because it's bleeding. And she's like pushing on it to see, asking me if that hurts. And she's trying to get it to stop bleeding though for like the minute and a half that she's messing with my thumb on the initial exam. This is, this is the only thing she says. Oh, you poor thing. Oh, sweetie. Oh, you poor, poor thing. Look at this. Oh, poor guy. And just is pressing around on my thumb and saying it at that level. Oh, sweetie. Oh, poor, you poor, poor thing. To the point where, like, had she said it once or twice, I'd have been like, okay, this is nice. She's obviously a caring, yeah. affectionate Nurture. doctor. Yeah. But if you say it for, like, a whole minute and a half. I don't trust I, you. Well, I started to think, was she talking to the thumb now? <laughs> It's not, not even you anymore. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not even not, you. It's not me. She's talking directly to the thumb at this point. I think she feels bad for the thumb. That's my thought. I don't know. I could be wrong here, but it, it, she keeps going on and on, and she's making eye contact with the thumb. You talk about where are your eyes. She's, <laughs> she's, she's looking at the thumb. She's looking directly at the thumb. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I wanted to ask him about bedside manner because I've also been – have you uh, – uh, been with the doctor who's just like stone cold, like sullen. Like, yeah, just, you can't can't get a read off the the, the guy Absolutely. at all. <laughs> Absolutely, and I kind of felt like Chuck might have fallen more into. I, he seems amazing, and he is amazing. He seemed very even keeled, though. Yeah, he seems. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I should say that. I, I don't feel like he was. He would walk in and like. <sighs> well, so you listen, know the. It's gonna be bad. Thumb. <laughs> Got bad. his got his hand on his forehead, yeah. running his hair, running his hands through his hair. I don't see him uh, like that, but he is very like I. I didn't get the sense that he would work me up one way or the other. 
we went to uh, a Molly doctor visit one time. I don't even remember what the guy was. I just know they have the paper on the bed, you know, to the sterile paper to whatever, keep it from getting super dirty. Oh, yeah. And to in order to explain to us what was happening, this guy goes full John Madden with a pencil on the on the paper on the bed and he he and it wasn't like he knew he had a full bed worth of paper here so he was using to scale he was drawing to scale right so he was like the whole length of the paper on the bed was like a full diagram of the situation that was going on and it felt like a mix between like an auto mechanic telling you about your your <laughs> cv joint and like john madden drawing up uh, uh what the defense was trying to do when they're taking away the run there. Yeah. And it it struck me as like, okay, that that's too far that way for a doctor because now you're making me sound you're you sound a little bit like a guy giving you uh uh directions like on a on a road that has like an FM. Like you you sound like a, a guy giving me directions on like FM seven twenty or you know, take right. CR thirteen twenty six and I don't want to feel like that in a medical situation. No, no, I think, um, yeah, I think being a doctor or being a good doctor is probably one of the harder, harder jobs out there because you do, I think people that are smart enough to get through medical school and be good at that job probably are not as strong socially. And people that are like, probably really have great personalities to be a doctor aren't, aren't necessarily dedicated or smart enough or have the means to go to medical school. So, uh, usually you're like doctors... people, if, if people laugh at your jokes, that di- that that's a disincentive to actually do all of the work that would exactly. get you through medical school. Right. You're like, you're the external validation that you're searching for. You can gather by being funny or witty or insightful in that way. So to be a doctor, you'd have to really be driven by like the curiosity of the body and not feeling good by helping people because you could get that feel good feeling somewhere else is what you're saying exactly that's my that's my theory is uh that's why we see a bunch of doctors who struggle with that but i think they you know uh just like with any job there are things that you can either either you can work on and develop and get better at and there are things that you just have to have like you I don't know that you could train someone to have good bedside manner. I think you can give them tips on things to do and not do, but it either comes across as warm and genuine or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, for most patients, that feels weird. You know? Yeah. I think I get some, you. It's it's hard to don't. find the sweet spot there. It is. Yeah. And we 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 say that and we we kind of jade it with Maybe it's because doctors struggle socially, but we really only put, we don't put everybody through that uh, situation. So we would probably find it's it's probably much more of a 50-50 split. Like, yes, in theory, you think a realtor would have really good bedside manner, right? Right, but they all don't, right? Absolutely, yeah. But we don't we don't put them through the situations where bedside manner is required. Yeah, know? not... Not to mention the people that they have to deal with. I imagine, like, that's you're seeing people at their worst in those situations, right? Yeah. Like, their, their worst personalities, their worst. Their it's just worst hard to keep. Life. 
it's just hard to keep all the variables at bay. I think we're probably talking about a special person who's got what you would call really good bedside manner. Like that's just probably yeah. a special, not just special for a doctor, but just special in general, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. Let's uh, let's stop talking about doctors. Can I ask you a question? Yes, that was chocolate milk that I just slammed. If that was your question, that was a glass oh. of chocolate milk. I couldn't really tell, but uh, good on you. Uh, way to go. I love Nothing chocolate. like a little little chocolate milk in the morning. I love chocolate milk. Yeah, Absolutely love, love it. I, there's at least 12% of me walking around that is 12, uh, uh, chocolate milk from Do you have chocolate milk in your fridge right now? Like, do you have a, a gallon of chocolate milk sitting in the fridge? No, but... Um, or do you like to make I, your own? I That's the way I grew up, was making my own chocolate me too. milk. Me too. Syrup in the bottom, stirring until it gets dark. Uh-huh. Putting a whole half a bottle in there. Right. Um, I, so now as a grown-up, I've got, and maybe I always had this, and I just didn't notice it or it, it developed as I got older, but I have a bit of a lactose intolerance now. Oh, buddy. Diarrhea is what you're saying. Not More so cramps. Like I oh, can, yeah. I can feel it. I don't like so, how it feels. So now you, you can go to your sweet wife and go, I, I get it now. Is what you're saying. Like after you have a, a glass of milk, you go, I get it. Oh yeah, totally. I t- I've t- we've talked about this before. Yeah. Like it, it, in order to empathize with her while she's going through her cramp time of the month, I will drink full blown buttermilk, like full blown, most rich <laughs> lactose milk you can get. I'll go right. To, there's a, a dairy farm over here on the east side of Plano. I will go directly to the source and give me the, give me the stuff fresh off the teat, please. Is you'll what suckle. I say. You'll suckle it yeah. right off the cow. And in those cramps, it's debilitating. So yeah, yeah a, so a lot of I relate it. to how they feel. Of course. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, uh. I don't even remember where I was going. No, now I buy lactose-free milk, and and there's a uh, one of the brands, Fair Life. Oh, that's. I nice. think is what it's called. I I only bought it because th- there's a limited number of lactose-free options, right? And so I've I've tried them all. They make a really good chocolate milk for being uh, uh, lactose-free, and I really enjoy it, and I don't notice any difference. But yeah, like when I was a kid, we'd get the full-blown like. 5w30 weight yes chocolate milk absolutely full whole milk like barely drips out of the container because it's yeah. so thick. i yeah. mean it's it's looking like a, a bottle of uh, pins oil over yeah. there like um oh the, we definitely grew up on 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 chocolate milk and you know what what used to make us have it in the refrigerator all the time was when the kids would struggle with taking medicine Yes. I used to I used to mix it with chocolate milk or put a shot of chocolate milk in the little me- medicine cup and then shoot the the medicine on top and just let it fall into the surface cuz you don't want to make it look like you're doing a whole lot or at least with my kids we don't want to make it look like we're doing a whole lot with the medicine so you just say here drink the chocolate milk and boom most of the time there was there was a stretch between like three and a half and four and a half for Shep where it was like an episode of fear factor or something <laughs> Where he's like pacing across the counter, pacing across the kitchen floor by the counter, having to work himself up. Now they look like they're at Coyote Ugly and they're just <laughs> slamming them back. Uh, my question: Great chocolate milk talk. I think that was wonderful. Chocolate yeah. milk with the with the cinnamon toast that we all grew up Ooh, on. Yeah, 
yeah. right there. And and nowadays, as a dad, if I do that, it's probably likely to happen at about ten thirty. Not good for your sleep. No, no. A little chocolate milk and cinnamon toast. Not good for your sleep. You know what? Can I let me real quick before we get back to your other question? I, you just triggered something in my brain. We both were poor growing up. We both we both uh, we we talked about this on the show before. We both grew up. Can I say something real quick? Because I I wasn't uh, poor, but and I don't know if I've talked about this at all. Uh, I I grew up in Louisville and I grew up in the new part of Louisville at the time. So there was Old Town and then there was like what people called the Valley, which was just a bunch of Fox and Jacobs and General Homes all off of like one street that went north and south. And it was on the complete opposite side of Louisville. Louisville's got two sides, east and west. Uh, 35 is the divider, right? And so my, a lot of the, because Louisville wasn't developed, my middle school was all the way across right. town. We we literally had to go over a, a highway. You wouldn't get home. School would let out at what, 330 you wouldn't get home until like after five o'clock because the bus had to make so many stops to get you home. And we were not near the school. Like we were not close. It was not even anywhere in our neighborhood in a different zip code. Like it, it just, it was far away. And so we went to school with people who lived in old town and those houses were older. And a lot of those people were working like blue collar working class jobs and they thought that the people who lived in the valley in the nice new houses, they thought those people were like doing well, right? Right. Most of the time that I lived there for like, especially middle school, we lived in a nice new suburban home. But my stepdad would be like working like overnights and my mom would be working at like Brahms. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. N- not like these aren't like big it's not stockbrokers that are these aren't like jobs that anybody would say like oh you guys have really made it now granted my stepdad went on to do very well to the point to where my mom could kind of work like part-time at a church or not even work if she didn't want to at one point i believe so i don't let me mischaracterize it but when i was a kid all my my stepmom was a lunch lady dude yeah. Like yeah. you're not making a ton of money. My dad was the guy that climbed up on the power lines when everybody else's dad was asleep when there was a thunderstorm. My dad would go out at like three o'clock in the morning. These are like real manual labor warehouse type jobs that my step my stepdad worked in a warehouse for the last twenty five years of his life and in, in Sully Pass. That's salt to the earth, people. But we weren't, I don't want to make it like we were poor, but it was just weird that my mom could be working at Brahms and the people who lived in an older house than me thought that we were like loaded. Well, that's, that's classic kid behavior, right? Right. Yeah. You have no concept of all you know is exactly what's in front of you, what you see. It's, um, you learn that stuff later on. But what I was, my point uh, of that story was that, um, we grew up poor. Yeah, and it was back to cereal, cereal talk. Cinnamon so, toast, yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, cinnamon toast was amazing. But when I was really poor, like my dad, <clears throat> we had a, a, he had a two bedroom house for my sister, me, and him, and uh, it was probably, I don't know, maybe a thousand square feet, maybe, maybe, so probably not, but but 
no central heat or central air in that bad boy. And uh, it was... Where was this? An old part of Garland. Okay. So... Um, I got family all over there. Yeah, yeah. You you would know where this spot is. But anyway... Mm-hmm. The, it's so where that, my mom grew up. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So this is this is... I'm setting the stage not to talk about the house, but my question for you is, and I don't, I don't know if I'm alone in this uh, or not, but this is only something that happens to people, to, to people that are going through some times that are uh, a little bit of a struggle. Did you ever eat cereal with water in it? Uh, no, it may be like once or twice. Uh, we did just used to eat cereal plain. If like we yeah. ran into a situation where there was no milk, I, Rylan would be going off right now because we were definitely one of the families, both sides, my mom and stepdad and stepdad and mom. We were traditional 90s families where we always were buying like two and three gallons of milk. And I think over at my dad's house, you would have like your selection of like whole 2% Ooh, skim. Wow. And so what when it, when you say that what i would think you know because again my dad lived over in the old part of louisville but they were doing pretty well at that uh time he worked a ton of overtime and he was a linesman you pay pretty well to put your body on the line like that sure um uh especially when you start to get into the overtime situation like he gave his body to that job gutted his shoulder you know, dehydrated multiple times in the middle of july going to the er he, he really like put his body through it those linesmen have hard hard jobs um what when you talk about oh we didn't have water a lot of times you know go stay with dad on the weekend when we didn't have water some when we didn't have milk we somehow had skim milk and to me if you'd ask 13 year old me i feel like the response i would have given you is like i mean yeah i had to take my bowl over to the sink and put some water in with my cereal i would have died for skim milk i would i would have killed my own sister for some skim milk. (laughs) when you open the pantry brad and you see there's like a full box of cocoa pebbles a full giant box and no no fucking not one drop drop of milk you know how horrible that is yeah you want to talk one of the more defeated feelings that a person can have in life is when they go to a cabinet and they start the cereal path oh. at, at the cereal box first, right? Yeah. So you get your bowl, you get your cereal, you pour your cereal in the bowl. You might even be fucking around and go get your spoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Spoon's you at the get, bottom, dude. You go yeah. get your spoon. You, you, it's an accompaniment in the bowl. You go over there. The light from the refrigerator refrigerator washes over your face. Your eyes start to dart. You see, there's a panic that sets in. You're looking high. You're looking low. Lo and behold, there's no milk. <laughs> is it? Let, let me ask you, which is worse? Is it worse to look in there and just see no milk or look in there, grab the milk, and it's actually like five milliliters worth, like a uh, few it, drops? It, and I, I say this with all sincerity. It, I, the fact that I could wet the cereal with the bottom of the milk jug was enough for me because I had okay. to, wa- I had to have water cereal. 
like having just the, the the wetness of the milk was like okay i could do that the water is as beaten as it gets you don't understand how bad that is i i've definitely done it like once or twice okay, the water okay. just eats through the cereal immediately it it's just mush. immediately it it just eats through the cereal it's mush and i don't even know why i did it looking back i'm like why would you do that i i actually remember and i don't know why but i remember one time there was like a little bit of chocolate milk for whatever reason. And that was not a normal thing. My dad didn't buy chocolate milk because he's like, first of all, I'm not paying more for milk yeah, when I can yeah. just get you regular milk and you can throw the Ovaltine in there, uh, the, the yeah. powdered Ovaltine. So you do that. But there's some chocolate milk in this case. It was a treat and there was no milk. So I'm like, why can't we do chocolate milk in the cereal? Why I, can't we I, do that? I applaud your, your resourcefulness. Yeah. I think. It's a wonderful idea. Look, going back to chocolate milk, because you, you just triggered it for me. Yes, I used to like the chocolate milk with the Hershey syrup in there. Mm-hmm. But but I do feel like my more favorite was the Nestle yes. powder. The powder. The powder's better, always. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. You ever make the mistake, and you ever make the mistake probably twice in your young life, where you open the cabinet and you see mom's got some... Hershey's cocoa powder. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. <laughs> Have you seen cocoa powder? <laughs> and go to dump a good heaping two tablespoons of cocoa powder into your milk and then almost die <laughs> from the powder going right to your what is, it, what is it, your voice box? Your larynx? <laughs> right. your, your... You, you you take a breath in and the, the cloud of powder, <laughs> you could see it going into your mouth and down your larynx. <laughs> and just oh, like attaching you... itself to the side. You talk about defeat, figuring out that cocoa powder is like a baking agent <laughs> and not something that's going to absorb all into the, cocoa, into the chocolate milk and taste good. <laughs> and to not be able to learn that in like one like swift lesson to maybe do it two times mm-hmm. mm. okay so I, I was i was gonna ask a question 20 minutes ago yes go ahead i'm sorry i'm sorry no it's okay i think that was great i think we needed to get that out if they're if if the goal is that that our kids hear this one day so that they can know who we were and where we came from i think we've captured that pretty well absolutely um let me ask you, can I, I'm going to ask you, can I do something? Okay. Okay. Can I join a cornhole league? Oh, Jesus Christ. I knew this day was coming. I knew this day was coming. I knew it was just a matter of time. Is it, I don't, like one, do you have to be a Republican to do this? You know, I think a cornhole is. Two. Yeah. Do I have to be like a WWE fan? Okay, how dare you, first of all, that we have a lot of WWE fans in our listener group. And three, do I have to wear like those like super thin mesh purple camo shirts? You should want to. Here's the thing. I think you have the wrong impression of of the the cornhole. Okay. I, I think cornhole is actually more uh, more like hacky sack or disc golf than it is like uh, horseshoes. I don't okay? know, man. I think. Because I, I, I know a lot of people 
I have a, a good friend of mine, uh, Jack. He has cornhole and he pulls it out when he, they have people over. Uh-huh. And he is the he's got you know long long looks like Jared Leto. He's got he's okay. he, he's not and he's the last he doesn't even let Republicans knock on his door. His wife Shannon doesn't even let Republican pollsters come knock on the door. She won't answer. She'll send them away. So I not that you know anyway. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I think that crosses across all socioeconomic all demographics. Cornhole okay. is just a fun a fun thing. So but we think it's acceptable, though, for me to put time and energy into such a no, thing. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable for you to join a league. You can play it when you're having a few drinks in somebody's backyard, but you cannot join a league. You can't. Why not? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for me. I can't be in a podcast. To be like, I got a guy- buddy that's in. Yeah. I got a buddy that's in a cornhole league. Yes, I can't say that. And I, I mean. So obviously you haven't been on cornhole TikTok. I am not. I am. I guess homeless TikTok is taking over most of my for you page. Most of your algo interactions. Yeah. I, there's some great cornhole TikTok. And I will say what you do see is a lot of kids playing cornhole. And I'm so happy for today's youth that there are these like alternative kind of uh sports if you will you know what yeah. i mean like the, when we were kids like you you got you know, it was baseball soccer football um if you were loaded you could figure out lacrosse and hockey uh i never knew anybody that played tennis i guess once i got to high school i knew there was a tennis team mm-hmm. uh, knew very few young kids that played golf but by the time you know you get to high school there's a golf team but i feel like this is a pretty easy locked and loaded way to get into a competitive sport is a bit of a strong word, but like, it's not like it takes a whole lot, you know, that's the beauty of it. Right. That's why I think it took off so much because it's a game you can play when you're hammered drunk easily. And you can still probably be pretty good at it. It's a game that requires pretty safe alternative to horseshoes. Absolutely. We've all seen a horseshoe incident. Horseshoes will get you hurt. They'll get you hurt. Well, not only that, if you play them for a long time and let's say you're 12 and you don't have calloused man hands, mm-hmm. you know, you You'll will start to, hand. yeah, you still get to, you start to get a little horseshoe hand. Yeah. You don't want that. And, uh, so, so it takes, so you can do it in any stage of inebriation. That's number one. Number two takes no level of physical ability. Like I could do it with a broken leg. Oh, I'm seeing women play this game. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he he does a period bit and then he does. <laughs> you should see how proud of himself he is. <laughs> I would like to apologize to our female listener. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. I'm sorry. And you so did he, the period bit, by the way. You did it, not me. So yes, women can do this. Uh, a, a male in a wheelchair can do this. Anyone can do this. Is the point? You know what? I haven't seen the. Uh, is handicap still a good word? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I if not, somebody correct us. But I now that you say that, I would think you know you could figure it out in a wheelchair, or if you had some sort of. Uh, artificial limb or whatnot, oh. like 
definitely. That's the. I I think you know. Funny enough, the people that are you know have some handicaps are typically the most resourceful people as it relates to finding ways to compete in sports that you wouldn't How, think they could do. You want to talk about TikTok? Yeah. Or YouTube or whatever. Just pick your video platform. Have you seen the one-armed high school basketball player? Oh my god, that guy's a monster. The dude that's just like just dominating people. Yeah. <laughs> just like it's the first time I saw it I was like, "Oh, good for this guy." I'm pissed at that guy now. I know. I'm it's... I'm pissed because I'm thinking if that dude had two arms, that would be like unfair. It's unfair now that he has one arm and he can do all of that. I know. It's amazing, man. It, I I am I'm so much I'm it makes me feel horrible about myself. But yeah, that guy is that Oh guy yeah, is totally. That's why you're pissed, right? Yeah. That's why you're that's, pissed. That's part of it. Yeah. Like one arm. I'd be looking for like one armed Xbox games. Xbox even, games. He even like holds it. He kinda holds the He ball can even shoot. Shoot, shoot like can, jumpers, like uh three point from like three point three feet behind the three point line. Yeah, he's crazy. I like that. It guy. doesn't it doesn't make any sense. He's I remember got... thinking it, it was a big deal when we were a kid. Uh, what's his name? Jim Abbott? Kyle Abbott? The, the tough, smart lawyer? No, Kyle Abbott. The pitcher. What was his name? He used uh, to wear his glove on, on his nub. He played yeah. for the Angels. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think it was Abbott. Something Abbott. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. Someone Again, send us. us a correction. We We certainly are not meaning to be flippant about anybody dealing with different realities and what we're calling handicaps. So if we're wrong, please point it out. But that if I, I want to get the kid's name, but go YouTube one armed high school basketball player mm-hmm. and just uh, feel real good about yourself or look at it as inspiration because that dude's doing so much more than everybody else with a lot less. He's kind of got Kevin Durant body too. He, he's got a, he, he, he kind of plays Well, that's like the KD. thing too, is you don't look at him and think, Oh, that dude's super strong because he looks like a green bean. Yeah, he's skinny. He's, I haven't seen anything like that before. Yeah, it's impressive. Somebody, somebody will inevitably tell us, oh, you never saw this kid in Brazil? No, I did not see the kid in Brazil who played soccer with no feet. I, I missed it. I don't know. But this dude, I have not seen a basketball player at any level play like this guy. Do you think that he'll be able to get into the NBA with one arm? <sighs> The people he's beating in high school will be. Yeah. The people that he's beating, the, the the teams that he's playing in high school have players who are on the level who will eventually be in the NBA. As that evolution of talent and escalation of talent happens as you go up each level, like he could clearly play D1 basketball right now today. I don't even I don't even know if he's junior or senior. I don't know. But he could definitely play Division 1 basketball today without question. Does this does this make you think it is he so good because he only has one arm? It would he be as good? Would he be as like is there a hung are you asking from like a hunger perspective or right, like a have right. to like or like, like a mental more of a more of a mental me, because he's forced to like to 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 do things in a different way did that just make him so much better so like uh I've been listening to a ton of my cousins podcast JJ Reddick 
Okay. Uh, he's got a podcast called the the Old Man and the Three, and he is consistently talking to guys about how they all have these like chips on their shoulder, like at, at every level. Even the guys you've never heard of in the NBA, they are motivated by somebody who either told them they couldn't or they feel like they were offended by that team had me in and they chose somebody who I think is, you know, not as good as me. Like these guys are all driven by either going against resistance, proving somebody wrong or essentially like dominating to the point to where there is no doubt that anybody could question them. Right. Mm -hmm. And that kid has to be driven by the idea that people think he can't with one arm like he has to because he plays with like a ferocity that I think obviously if he had two arms he'd still be really good you have to wonder if his path would have led him the same if he didn't have for lack of a better way to put it such a massive chip on his shoulder that surely he has to have Mm -hmm. surely he has to feel like he's every minute proving somebody wrong surely he's surely he can think back to when he was much younger and probably hell even now he he could probably you know mentally picture people looking at him weird he can probably remember very clearly very vividly being maybe made fun of as a young kid and when you have the actual talent to to take all of that and turn it into fuel i I would think it has to mentally impact him to the point where it's made him better. Obviously, when you look at his output, yeah. I I, just, I would be amazed if that guy is like even keel about it and is like, you know, some people have arms, some people don't. You know, it happens. I, I'd be I'd be amazed. I wonder if he has ever said some people have arms, some people don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not trying to make a joke about the guy. If you watch, it's 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 amazing. He's One of the impressive. more amazing things yeah, that I've a... I've seen. I'm a basketball nerd. I love watching the scout high school uh, mixtapes of who's about to go play one year at Kentucky, and then they're going to be on the Denver Nuggets in two years. I, I love watching all of that stuff. I'm so glad that it like made it to YouTube and it's a thing. I don't know if it's all that great for the kids. I don't know if it's great for the sport, but I'm as a consumer, I'm glad that it exists, that I can see it. And this kid is in terms of like those high school highlights is some of the best stuff I've ever seen since this was a thing. Okay. Let me tell you about this guy. Okay. Na- he's 18 years old. His name is Hansel Emmanuel Donato. Okay, that's a name. It's a name. He uh, he lost his arm after a wall collapsed on him when he was six years old in the Dominican Republic. What? He's Dominican. Okay, that makes a, a, a lot of stuff makes a lot more sense now. That he's Dominican. I he's get Domi- it. He's Dominican. He. It uh, is not a calm people. That's not he, a. No, no, they don't. They are not around. a calm. No. They are not a calm, easy going people no i don't i think you have to be pretty pretty crazy to to survive in the dominican i think it's in some corners the well, especially if a wall falls on you yeah no one has walls fall on them that's and and then his whole arm fell off like that's that's not just a wall falling on you that's 
It's it not a wall fell on you and knocked your arm off. Like that's a big deal, right? How does it stay so localized though? Like it only fell on you from like the shoulder down. I don't. That's weird. Maybe we asked the wall. I don't know. We'll get the wall on the show. <laughs> Got to be uh, traumatic for a six-year-old, though. It messed up. Messed up. He. I wonder um, if he could play baseball. That's a good question. That's a really good question. He's got one arm, one one very small arm. He looks like uh, he looks like Kevin Durant, like I mentioned. He's six foot six. Which obviously that helps. Yeah, but he's only eighteen. I, I imagine he'll get up to. To six, six, eight, six, six eight. nine. I would hope if he gets there, I think he's got a shot. I don't. It's, not it's one be... of those things where he looks like he's awesome in high school. Surely, if he just keeps progressing at the level that he's at right now, like right, he doesn't need a a great spurt. Surely, he could be like a rotation player, the way he is dominating other high school basketball players. Yeah, I think so. I he. Uh... I mean, but he's not going to be a six-six guard in the NBA with one arm. There's just no way, right? Know. There's no way. In there, um, who's the guy on the Seahawks? Oh yeah, the guy with the the like a the... short arm. Is that is that the wrong way to put it? In there, I thought there was a guy on the Seahawks who had like one arm or a short arm or. Well, Jason Jason Pierre Paul, he has like a nub hand because he blew his hand off with a firecracker. Yeah, but here's the thing: this is post being a professional, so he got to a level and learned the game from the professional aspect, and then you can work backwards from there when you lose a couple of digits. Yeah, but that makes it worse, I think, because you relied on those fingers. Your yeah, whole but you career. knew how to play. You knew how to play the game. You weren't yeah. having to overcome the handicap like as a 10 year old learning the game right I, I think he already knew the game and could, could compensate that way and obviously it's not like it really slowed him down no he's still good he's still pretty good and has been that way since that fateful was it a july 4th accident yeah i think so i think that's fa- that's a that's probably a safe bet <laughs> it was fireworks i'm just trying to remember what the holiday was Says to be recruited by 16 Division One colleges, including Illinois. There's no doubt. There's no doubt, dude. There's no doubt he could play Division One college basketball, like today. Illinois is a pretty big, pretty big team. I'm surprised that's the biggest one. You're telling me he hadn't gotten any looks from anybody else? But you're for, right, Illinois. He was trapped for two hours under that wall, by the way. Oh dear. That's that's traumatic. That is really traumatic. All right. Well, uh, shouts out to what's his name? You said Hansel? Hansel, Hansel? yeah. Hansel. Hansel. Hansel, something like that. It's Hansel Emanuel Donado. Uh, all right. Shouts out to him. Maybe we can get him on the podcast if he makes the NBA, and I'm going to tell him, this guy said you couldn't make it, dude. I never said this guy that. Said, this guy said you're not going to be the 15th pick in the first round for the Minnesota Timberwolves and then go on to flail uh, to barely make it with a horrible franchise in the NBA. This guy said it. And then he's got to sit on the bench with one arm. Everybody's going to look at him on the bench. And that's, that is probably worst case scenario. If you're not going to start in the NBA and play and be like a, a very strong rotation player, you're better off with one arm, just not being in the NBA. In my opinion, 
Because no one wants I, to sit on the bench with one arm. I don't know, man. It, like the minimum an NBA player makes is like two million. Yeah, but I'd go sit on. I'd go sit on a lot of stuff with one arm, Jason. I bet you would. Uh, I feel like we should wrap it here. But did you uh, did you see your guy KP last night? I did not. No, I man, is, I. He's doing some. Wa- he was doing some Washington press already, and surprise, surprise, he feels good. He's uh, he was decked out in his uh, his Wizards uniform, and he took a shot from the first row of the stands. So it's a pretty lengthy shot, and nailed it as he uh, walked off from his uh, press availability and taking his new uniform picks or whatever. Big smile on his face. Looks great in a Washington uniform. Real happy for those guys. He's going to score 30 and, and 10 every night. I guarantee you. You know what's going to happen, too, because they're going to be uh, uh, sorry because Bradley Beal is getting wrist surgery, season-ending wrist surgery. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like a Nick-level team uh, that he's played on before where he's like the main guy and they're not going to have any hopes of going anywhere. And he's going to look like man. he did in New York. I mean, yes, he looked great here. Uh, but he never looked like he was the only person here. But he's going to be like their only option, especially for this last part of the season while Beal is out. And who knows what happens next season. But for the end of the season, he's going to look like an all-star. And, and I can't wait for – yeah, I can't wait for all the Mavs, uh, the MFFLs to be like, look, look at this guy. What about DeWittle, Dinwiddle? Is he? Is he? Is he – what's he doing? I don't know. I haven't looked. I, I I understand they did it to not have a massive contract hanging over them if he's going to be hurt, but I don't know. It's such a weird lateral kind of move to me. I don't I don't think it I think the flexibility is overstated, but I do get the rationale for doing the trade. I just think it's weird, and I think it has the potential to who knows? Maybe nobody was really getting along with KP and the dynamic wasn't that great, but I think it has the potential to mess up kind of the the locker room dynamic if you're going to start creating all these kind of second-guess Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson conversations of if he's going to be here or not, and that's going to change like the the tone of everything that surrounds the team. And as much as those guys say they don't listen to it and watch it, I think they do, and I think it takes a lot for them to mentally block that out. And I, it also makes me wonder if we already know that Jalen Brunson is leaving, and does that where it's show itself uh, as the season ends? I don't know. I just I, – I get they were talking about flexibility, and you don't want that huge contract hanging over them. I just think it's a weird – it's an unstable move to me. It, they possibly were already unstable. I get that. I, it just it feels weird to me. I don't know how to feel about it, and I think it has a great potential to kind of mess up the flow of things, even though I could be saying that and the flow was already messed up and they've been playing pretty well. It seems to be, yeah. Uh, can I just say this before we wrap up? Yeah. It's 1018. We haven't even gotten a text from Ryland. We might want to text, man. Might want to send a welfare check. What if he drank so much last night and just... Bob Saget? No. No. What's wrong with you? Well, I'm just saying, like, Courtney wouldn't text us. She wouldn't see, oh, his podcast buddies are 
trying to get a hold of him. Let me go ahead and stop what I'm doing as I'm dealing with a massive tragedy and respond to these JOs. But we're eventually on the list of getting the text, right? I, I feel like we're probably like day three. No, that's outrageous. We talked to we we talked to him essentially in person weekly. I for I don't eight, know. for for like eighty weeks. I don't know, Jace. I don't know what to tell you. I feel like day one, it's all shock. You got so many bullets flying at you. Day two, you probably just curled up. Day three, you might start to you know communicate with the outside world and take some phone calls and stuff. I feel like we're probably day three. So All right, well. I, I look for us to hear something horrible happen to Ryland. Call it Monday. See, I don't think it's horrible. I think Ryland's probably in his neighbor's front yard right now, completely nude, face down, vomit that's kind of it, it escaped his mouth. He's not it's not blocking anything and it's kind of, you know, filled up the patch of grass right next to his face. But he's got his glasses on and he's smiling. I think that's what Ryland's doing right now. Huh. I'm going to say that he didn't wake up until, call it 9.20. He realized it was 9.20, and he said, I'm going to punt. I think that's what happened. Okay, when we, the next show, if he's still alive, we're going to ask him what happened and see who's closer. We really better hope he's alive. It's, otherwise, we're going to delete this podcast. You know that. Oh, definitely. If if for some reason he doesn't make it, none of this is is gonna see any more of the. You know, I'm not even gonna release this to like Tuesday or Wednesday because we just released one last night. So it's it's like that time that you did uh you did like 9/11 jokes before 9/11 on the podcast. Like it's gonna be exact same situation. I did make a lot of. I was way out in front on Bin Laden. <laughs> I was the Hannibal Burris of 9/11. Thank goodness those aren't out there anymore. <laughs> I was, I was, I Cosby'd 9-11. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Brad, Jason, everybody hold a good thought for Ryland and hope he's okay. Prayers up. Holler at y'all next week. Prayers up for Ryland. Human dads, tell your mom to listen. <laughs> tell your mom. Tell your mom. Tell your mom. Tell your mom to listen. 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 Tell your mom to listen.